0: This year, Pastor Jody has been leading us through this series called Life in His Name. And we've been venturing through the book of John and seeing how it points to Jesus, giving us evidence of who He is with the goal of people believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in His name. And as I thought about this theme, Paul came to mind Paul was a man who was radically changed by Christ and he lived a life faithfully serving him. My desire is that we can catch a glimpse of how Paul was able to live life in his name. This morning we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1 and we're going to learn from Paul how to have a focused mind. I believe that we all want to have a life of purpose, a life of of meaning a life even filled with joy. The idea of having life in His name is an exciting thought. and We don't want to go through life just sort of wandering around, aimlessly stumbling. We don't, we don't want to experience things that make us anxious or sad or depressed. But if we're honest, there are a lot of things in life that do threaten to make us anxious and sad and depressed. You may be going through something right now, where your world just it feels like it's, it's falling apart. Everything's crashing in. And, and during those times, it's, it's hard to experience joy. It, it's hard to feel life when our circumstances are, are like that. Perhaps you're are facing medical issues or just financial struggles. Maybe there are problems at work or at school fights with family members. You may have been mistreated. Perhaps people are are talking badly about you and their words, they just cut to your core. The list could go on and on and on and it's challenging to find joy in those situations. It's challenging to see life in his name when that's the circumstances of life. And Paul, as he's writing this book to the church of Philippi, he finds himself in a situation just like that. It's far from desirable. Paul had started the church in Philippi, and since that time he had moved on and he started other churches. He was spreading the gospel. And so Paul was writing back to the church of Philippi and he he wanted to thank them for partnering with him in the gospel. And he also wanted to encourage them and strengthen them and help them to understand that the joy comes from living for Christ. However, Paul's circumstances were Anything but joyful. Since this time of of starting the church in Philippi, he had been nearly killed a number of times. He was thrown in prison in Caesarea. After he got out of prison, he was on a voyage on a ship, and the ship became destroyed. He was shipwrecked. And at the time of this writing, he was in, in prison, held under false charges. He had many reasons to be frustrated and angry. Valuable years had been lost. He had this great vision of taking the gospel to, to new lands, and that was put on hold. Looking at the circumstances of life and what he was experiencing, it's hard to see how he could possibly find joy, and yet he did through the Lord's help and having a focused mind. So, this morning, let's read in Philippians 1 and starting in verse 12. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So this morning, I want to point out four aspects of a focused mind. A focused mind first is centered on Christ. If Paul's mind had been centered on himself, his life would have looked very different. He was put in prison, held under false charges, and he couldn't do anything about it. His surroundings were anything but comfortable, and he longed to be set free. If his mind had been centered on himself and and his circumstances, he would surely turn to complaining. He could ask the questions of God, why, God, am I in prison? How long will this last? I was faithfully serving you. I was was preaching the gospel. I was starting new churches. Lord, why am I here? Why not those who, who mock your name? How is this fair? How is this just? Don't you love me? God, have you abandoned me? But Paul, he doesn't allow himself to go there. His mind is focused. It's centered on Christ. And in the verses we just read, Paul mentions Christ or the gospel, 12 times. His mind was centered on being with Christ, faithfully serving him and preaching his gospel. Paul goes so far to say that for to me, to live is Christ. He's saying Christ is my everything. Christ is life. If I'm not living for Christ, there is no point. That's not a real life. What an incredible perspective to have. Paul says, I have one, one purpose, one sole purpose in life, to live and for and honor Christ. If my thinking or my actions stray away from that purpose, then I'm not truly living. And with this perspective, we'll see how Paul is able to look beyond the immediate, to look beyond what's going on in his life, the here and now, and see how God is working in the bigger story of life. A focused mind is centered on Christ. Number two, a focused mind finds opportunities. To most, being thrown in prison would seem like a major loss. Opportunities to advance the gospel would be drastically reduced if not taken away altogether. Paul has no, he no longer has the freedom to be able to go around to, to new cities and preach the gospel, start churches, encourage believers who are already there. But Paul wants it to be clear. He wants his readers to know that he doesn't want a pity party. He's not even looking for sympathy from them. He views his imprisonment actually as a good thing. It's an opportunity for him to share Christ, he says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. The Bible exposition commentary says this. It says, sometimes God has to put chains on his people to get them to accomplish a pioneer advance. It's something that could never happen any other way. The secret is this. When you have a single mind, a focused mind, you'll look on your circumstances as God-given opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel. And you rejoice at what God is going to do. This is important. You rejoice at what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. And this is exactly what Paul did. Imagine the scene in jail. Paul would have been chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. Talk about a captive audience to hear the gospel. Shifts change every six hours, so that meant that Paul would have the opportunity to share the gospel with four different soldiers every single day. Not to mention, most likely there were other prisoners around who would also hear Paul sharing about Christ. What an opportunity. A man who prayed without ceasing, who started numerous churches, had an audience of people who didn't have anything to do, they didn't have anywhere to go, and so he shared the love of Christ with them. If it had not been for this imprisonment, Paul likely would have never had the opportunity to share the gospel with these people. It's no wonder Paul is able to say, this terrible thing that's happened, me being in prison, it's actually a good thing because it advances the gospel. It's become clear to the the palace guard and everyone else why I'm here. I'm in chains for Christ, but wait, there's more. He says, most, not just some of the other Christians, but most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and they are proclaiming the gospel boldly, without fear. A focused mind is, is centered on Christ. It finds opportunities, and a focused mind looks for the good. We've already seen this from Paul. He says, Me being in prison, this is actually a good thing because the gospel's going forward. Other believers, they're being encouraged. Apparently, though, not everyone who was preaching Christ was preaching Christ with the right motives. Some were jealous of Paul's success, they were, they were preaching out of maybe a sense of envy and rivalry. In fact, it says that some were trying to to hurt Paul. They were trying to bring trouble or pain to him while he was in prison by preaching Christ. In times like these, where people seem to be out to get us, it can be easy to turn towards resentment. We can be tempted to, to focus on how unfairly they are treating us and even start viewing them as our enemy. But Paul, with his focused mind, he was always looking for the good. He says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. This is an interesting phrasing that Paul uses here. He, he says really the same thing two times in If you look at the Greek, we can learn a little bit more. It appears that this first phrase of, I rejoice, he's actually replacing that one with the second phrase. And the reason for doing that, he's basically saying, I'm not just rejoicing in this one situation. He's saying, I'm committed to continuing to rejoice no matter what the circumstances are. I'm going to continue to rejoice. Paul isn't concerned about any negative effects that may come his way because of the actions of others. His mind is focused on Christ, proclaiming His life-giving gospel. And as long as Christ is being preached, it it, it appears as though Paul doesn't have any any concerns about the content of what these people were preaching. It was just their motives. So he says, as long as Christ is being preached, as long as the gospel is going forward, then I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to continue to rejoice because Paul's life's purpose, it was being accomplished. And he goes on, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul looks beyond his circumstances, and he rejoices because his fellow believers in Philippi, they're praying to God on behalf of him. He's encouraged by the fact that other believers are talking with God. He also rejoices because the Spirit of Jesus Christ is with him. The Holy Spirit is with him and is helping him. In chapter 4 of Philippians, he goes on to talk about when we pray, when we, tell, when we talk to God about what's going on in our lives and we give thanks to him for what he's done, he says that we receive God's peace. And that peace is something that is, is be, far beyond what we can even comprehend in our human minds. The Holy Spirit is our comforter in times of trouble. And so he's looking forward to being delivered. Being delivered from his troubles and his hardships, and he sees two options. Either he's going to be released from prison, and he can go on continuing to spread the gospel message, or he'll be delivered through death, and he'll go to heaven and be with Christ. And so he says, I eagerly expect and I hope That I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. The fourth aspect of a focused mind is a focused mind is faithful. In serving Christ, Paul desired to never be ashamed, to never do anything that would bring shame or hinder him from glorifying Christ, being bold for Christ. His desire was to honor Christ by faithfully serving him in whatever the circumstance, whether that meant life or death. Then he shares this simple yet perplexing statement where he says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Charles Spurgeon in his commentary said, this is one of those gospel riddles which only the Christian can truly understand. To die is not gain if I look upon the merely visible. To die is loss, it is not gain. But death, Paul felt, would free him from all sin and from all doubts as to his state in the present and the future. It would be gain to him, for then he would be free from all temptations, both from within and from without. It would be gained to him, for then he would be delivered from all his enemies. It would be gained to him, for then he would be delivered from all suffering. There would be no more shipwrecks, no more being beaten with rods or being stoned. And he would find above all his Savior and be a partaker of his glory. And yet Paul has a dilemma. In verses 21 through 24, He walks us through his decision-making process. He's acknowledging that he is in a hard place. And he sees two options for his deliverance, living or dying. And so he begins to weigh these options. He says, if I go on living, then that means my life is Christ. Everything I do is, is for Christ. That's what I'm all about. And if he dies, well, it's gain. Why? Because he'll be departing. He'll be departing his current circumstances, all the pain, all the struggles, all the false accusations, they will no longer affect him. He'll receive a glorified body in heaven. He'll be with Christ. But if he lives, it means he remains. And most likely, it means that he will continue to suffer hardships as he lives for Christ. And with these first set of factors, it seems that dying would be... It would be the better option. And then he adds in another set of factors. Fruitful work for Christ is great. Paul obviously is encouraged and energized by fruitful work for Christ. That's what he's been doing. However, departing and actually being with Christ, it's incredibly, it looks incredible to go there and be with Christ, to actually be in His presence, to be glorifying Him in heaven. It's very appealing, and so he's leaning more and more towards this would be better. And then he adds in the last set of factors, and, and the scales, they take a dramatic change. Yes, going and departing and being with Christ is by far desire, more desirable, and it's better for me personally. It's so much better. He's already lived a fruitful work a life for Christ. He, he's already devoted himself to that. He's already started churches. The gospel has been advanced. It will continue to advance. He can leave this life without regrets, without concerns about how he lived in the name of Jesus. But in Paul's mind, this last set of factors, the needs of others, it it far outweighs any personal gain he could ever possibly experience. The needs of others were just so much more important. His reasoning, it reminds me of of Jesus. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and he was praying, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. This is the mindset, this is the outlook that Paul had on life. He says, my life is Christ." And so Paul, he comes to his conclusion, he says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. I will continue with you. I put aside my own desires, my own selfish things, that I may see you grow with joy in your faith that I will see you live completely sold-out lives for Christ. What an incredible example for us. What a challenge. It's so easy for us to to trip up, to lose our focus on this life. We get distracted by thinking that that this life is is everything. And instead of focusing on Christ and faithfully serving Him, We get focused on the here and now, and we get distracted. We begin living for for jobs. We live for sports. We live for recognition or status. Maybe we live for good grades. We live for a significant other. We get distracted by focusing on, on getting the next thing, whatever that may be, whether it's clothes or cars or houses. And if we aren't careful, if our minds aren't focused We begin to put our energy and our time towards the stuff of this world. That becomes our focus. That becomes our life. So I just ask, what are you living for? What are you living for? Paul, he wasn't focused on himself. He wasn't focused on his comforts or even his rights. He understood that life really isn't about us. Our purpose isn't to glorify ourselves A focused mind helps us gain perspective. As we go through the struggles of life, it helps us see beyond the circumstances that we're in the midst of and realize that God is at work each and every day. Paul's mind was focused on living life in Jesus' name. He was centered on Christ. He found opportunities. He looked for the good and he was faithful in serving Christ. Be encouraged by the testimony of Paul. Whatever you're going through, there is hope. There is hope. Jesus, He is this Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, we may have life in His name. And as a follower of Christ, you have the very same power living inside you that rose Christ from the dead. He is our strength. He is our helper. He is our comforter. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, We can pray the words of Paul when he says, I eagerly expect and I hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ to this earth. To live a blameless life, a life focused on the needs of others, serving the needy, loving the outcast, bringing honor to his Father. Thank you for the forgiveness, for the new life that we can have through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. I ask that you would, would make yourself known to each and every person here this morning that we would know you in a new way, that you would renew in us your presence, your truth. And through your Holy Spirit, Father, we ask that you would help us to live lives that are focused and centered on Christ. No matter what situations we're facing, God, help us to see the opportunities that you give us. Help us to look for the good, and, and God, give us the strength to be faithful and serving Christ in all that we do, all that we say, so that we can say, I am unashamed. I have exalted Christ in everything. And it's in Christ's name that we pray.